Second Kings chapter 22. Today's topic is excellent counsel. Um, I think that a common situation that probably confronts a lot of us in life is uh, saying, I don't know what to do. What should I do? What can I do? What you know? What's next? And that's probably true for a lot of people. So um, I thought maybe we could look today at excellent counsel. And in uh, 2 Kings 22 um, is an example. Uh, we read a few verses here. And this is with King Josiah, of, of king of Judah. And in verse 8, um, it says, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law. So when they were doing some work, um, they found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servant hath gathered, have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it unto the hand of them that do the work. They were, they were repairing the temple and they found this book that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest had delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. Uh, and the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam the son of Shaphan and Achbor the son of Micaiah and Shaphan the scribe and Isaiah a servant of the king say, saying, Go ye inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found for great is the wrath of the lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to unto us all that which is written concerning us so this council in this book was was it always available yeah it was available they just lost it I mean, it wasn't that they said, oh, some, we just got some information from God. This was written down. And they had failed to heed this very simple written counsel. It was always available, and it was good counsel. As you read the rest of the record, you see Josiah tried to apply what was written in the book of the law, well, the scriptures, essentially. Another example of counsel, First Chronicles 14. Just looking at the kinds of counsel that are available to start off. So that was written down. And available, they had just forgotten about it. First Chronicles fourteen. There's many. There there are many many examples of both these kinds of counsel in the scriptures. I'm just gonna look at two to start. First Chronicles. This is David, and the entire book of First Chronicles is pretty much David. Um, and in, this is, uh, in, let's start in verse 8 of First Chronicles 14. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over Israel, all the people, all the Philistines went to, up to seek David, not for good, but to kill him. And David heard of it and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord. So, Here's an opportunity where David, these guys are attacking him, and he could just say, let's go get them. But what does he choose to do? He asks God. What does God say? Well, let's keep reading. It's right there. Um, 
saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Should I do what I'm about to do in my life? Is this something that you want me to do? Is this a, is a direction? You know, these are questions we ask ourselves. Here's an example of David asking. And wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, and for I will deliver them into thine hand. Well, let's see if that worked. So they came up to Baal Perazim, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies by, my, by mine hand the breaking forth of waters, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of the place Baal Perazim. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and they were burned with fire. So that was good counsel. So he asked, was that counsel written down? No, it wasn't. It was a very specific situation in which he had access to God, and God gave him counsel. Because if you know, if you, if you were to write down there, therefore, every time the Philistines attack Israel, we should go up attack them in this manner. Well, that would that wouldn't be right, would it? Well, let's just keep reading, because they do it again. Verse thirteen, and the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore, David inquired again of God. He asked again, what did God say? And God said unto them, go not up after them. So here you have, now you have a problem, right? If you were to write one down, the other, you'd have a problem because one says you should always you should go, one says you shouldn't. So it's very specific counsel, isn't it? Whereas the counsel we saw in the case of Josiah at the time was very, very, it was counsel that was good always for Israel. So you have different kinds of counsel. Now man is in dire need. We are in dire need of both kinds of counsel. Right, let's see if this one here actually worked for David. And God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come up upon them over against the mulberry trees. A different tact. And it shall be when thou hear when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the multitude mulberry trees, then that thou then shall say, Then no it's tough, that then thou shalt go out to battle, for God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. David therefore did as God commanded him, and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gezer, and the fame of David went out. So forth. So again, both times he chose to go to God. And there's many, many examples of you know the book, the scriptures having been lost, or the scriptures having been just discovered, and the people go to it, and it's always good counsel. In fact, it's excellent counsel. Um, when, when God gave David information, was it right? Absolutely. No. Now try to find a record in the Bible where God gives counsel and it's not good counsel. It doesn't exist because His is the best counsel. It's perfect. It's excellent. So if I want to make a decision or I have some things facing me, and I, I mean, where, where is it that I should go? Where is this good counsel available? You know, this is, this is a pretty simple, simple um Occurrence we looked at in David. There are numerous examples where the they just say, "Well, let's just go to God." Now it doesn't tell you how they heard the information in many of the cases, but they got the information from God that they needed, and that there are a lot of a lot of examples of that. There are other records where they don't ask counsel. Uh, and you can think of many records. Remember Joshua; those guys came to him when Joshua was taking over the Promised Land. 
they they came to him and said, "Well, we're from, we come from a far country. They brought some bread and wine, and the bread was they made it moldy on purpose, and the wine was almost they wanted they wanted him to think they'd come from a far country." to say can we make a you know make a pact with you and he said yeah and they said they said the men inquired not of the lord they never asked they never asked whether we should make the pact or not they just went ahead and made it in other cases where you know a king was diseased in his feet didn't seek lord and so forth there are many many examples where they didn't seek the counsel of god these are they're human beings they're people you know did david always do the right thing no they're human beings they're people but they always have the option, just like us. We have the option of excellent counsel available to us. Where does it originate from? Um, in Job chapter 12. That's not where it originates, but that's just where we're going to go now. Job chapter 12. Verse 13. This is talking about God. Simple, one simple verse. With him, verse 13. With him, God, is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. Counsel and understanding and wisdom comes from God. We know it's a very, oh, wow, profound. profound but, but it's the truth. And if, if God is a source of counsel and understanding, then we should do our utmost to learn how best to receive that counsel. How best to get the counsel that we need in our lives, the advice, the wisdom, the understanding in our lives. Um, in Proverbs chapter 19, unfortunately, we always have two options. Proverbs 19. This is the one that confronts us all the time. Proverbs 19, verse 20. It says, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. As you grow older, as you get older, no, you get more and more wise. The, the, the instruction is to receive counsel. There are many devices in a man's heart, and there's the problem. The ESV says, many are the plans in the mind of a man. Right? There are many devices. Many are the devices in the mind of a man. Nevertheless, despite that, because that's always the conflict when we have faith situations, we have a lot of things we want to do. We have plans and things we want to do, going to accomplish. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Despite the many, many plans that man might have for this, that, or the other thing, it's the counsel of the Lord that is going to stand every single time. So it would make sense, then we would again, as I mentioned, do our utmost to learn how to get that counsel, how to receive receive that information that we need to make particular decisions in our lives um, if you will recall um, Isaiah's reproof to the children of Israel he says that thou, he, God said that he was weary the way he put it he was wearied in the multitude of thy counsels he, he said they, they were going to the stargazers the, you know, the uh, astrologers, they were going to their stocks, it says. He's, God said, I'm tired of all the places you look for, for counsel. Because excellent counsel was always available to, him, to them with him and with the law, the written word. It was always available, so he was tired. And that's a common theme. And, you know, when men, men we, you know, people choose to, uh, and a lot of times we have plans, 
and we say, well, you know, we, we kind of say, oh, I, I kind of think God has helped telling me this, and then we go with it, whether we are knowing full well, that's what we always wanted to do. You know, uh, sometimes we don't wait to the point where it's necessary. Um, and there are a lot of things. I mean, uh, but it would, it would seem that the most important thing here is for us to learn how to receive the counsel we need. Um, let's go to Psalm 119. So this is the mo more obvious and simple kind of counsel. Not that the other one isn't obvious or simple, but Psalm 119. As we know, this wonderful psalm talks about the scriptures, the word of God. Every verse. Psalm 119. Almost every verse. There's one that doesn't, but yeah. Verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So if a person, a young man here, wants to understand how to keep his way clean, the way he can do it is seeking the counsel of God's word. He can do that. That's the way to do it. So that would make sense. Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Again, always, it's always a, you, know, you do something and the result. So here it says that if you don't want to sin against God, you hide God's word, word in your heart. That's good counsel. That's excellent counsel. It's the best counsel. It's a counsel that avoids you from sinning or helps you not to sin. Um, in verse 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. God's word. There, there is light and there are the counselors that we need. 67. And there's, again, we can look at a lot of verses here. Just, just picked out a few. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Where I lost myself. But now have I kept thy word. See, before he hadn't, he hadn't done it, so he went astray. But now he says, instead of going astray again, I'm going to keep your word. Because it's the counsel you need to follow the direct path, the right path, the way to go. 89. And this is, uh, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's a pretty solid statement for the counsel that comes from God. You can't say that about the words of a man. Right? Words men's change and come and change and go with the passing times and ages and seasons and whatever. But God's word says it's settled. This is true. You can trust it. You can rely on it. It's excellent counsel. It's the best counsel there is. Um, in verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. <laughs> it is my meditation all the day. Thou through, through thy commandments, okay, very carefully, thou, God, through thy commandments, your word, hast made me wiser than mine enemies. By learning the counsel that came from God, it said, this, the psalmist here says, it made him wiser than his enemies, for they are ever with me, those commandments. I have more understanding, verse 99, than all my teachers, for that thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. All that accumulated knowledge of mankind that people put so much reliance on and trust in and, and praise and you know all, all the uh, they're so proud of. He says he understood more than all that because I keep that precepts. Where does real wisdom and understanding and knowledge start? It starts with the fear and the reverence of God, doesn't it? So you can learn everything you ever want in your whole life. But you don't fear and revere, revere, revere him, and it's not worth anything. Here he says, I know more than my ancients, all, all, the, all that they've ever known. Right? Um, 
So all this is kind of pointing to that it's really, really good counsel. Verse 104, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Again, you know, implication here being you're trying to figure out which way to go, what things to do. And God says, my word is that light that shows you which way to go. It is good and excellent counsel. Verse 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. If our words, if our, if our steps are ordered by the word of God, it, it is our best opportunity to avoid iniquity. It is our best opportunity to avoid sinning against Him. It's our best opportunity to know which way to go. right? And many, many, many other things that we just looked at. And in one, verse 148, mine eyes prevent, or the word is proceed, uh, anticipate. My word, my eye anticipate the night watches. Why? Because he could stay up all night and not get sleep? No, that I might meditate in thy word. You know, well, I'm going to be up anyway. I might as well do that. Meditate in thy word. That's what the, the psalmist looked forward to. I looked forward to night watches. Whereas a lot of people might say, oh, you know what? It's going to cut into my sleep cycle and all that stuff. He looked forward to them. Why? Because he could meditate on God's word. Great, great counsel. Um, you know, and the interesting thing is, I mean, this is very, very simple. I mean, we just read it. It's not that hard to do that. And we looked at two kinds of counsel briefly. One is where it's the word of God, and the other one is where information received from God. But if I don't start with knowing what God's word says, and just get the basics. This is this is easy to do, isn't it? Isn't simple when you just read and say, "Oh, that's what it says." Uh, then I won't always know what to do because I haven't even sought the counsel that is readily available. Just like those guys in Josiah's time, they found a book, and Josiah said, "Oh my goodness, we have." They read it and they go, "I can't believe we weren't even doing this." I wonder how true that is for many Christians. You know, where where they haven't even taken the time to understand this counsel, the Word of God what it says to guide and direct them. You know, how, have you ever said somebody, well, the Bible says, oh, I didn't know it said that. Well, there's just one way to find out, and it's very simple. It's called reading, right? So this is very simple. If I want to get confidence in receiving the other kind of counsel, I should at least take the step of understanding this counsel, the one that God has readily laid down very simply. We even have chapters and verse references now you know books i should at least make the effort to understand this one if i want to have confidence in the other one um and you know so and to, to that to that point I, I always ask myself the question and you know you can ask yourself this question too is how do i spend my time outside of work what are the things that i do most outside of work in my time because work is work you have to do work you know we always we all know that uh, what do I do with the rest of my time? Do I do I seek the counsel that comes from him, or do I do other things? And you know what what is more important to, to me? Because I know this is excellent counsel. Once I know that, then the only way I'm going to learn this counsel is to go to God's word. So I ask myself, you know, I said, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing to understand God's counsel more and more in your life? And everybody can answer that question only for themselves, right? So. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11. 
the other kind of counsel. It's an interesting verse here in Isaiah. That talks about the coming of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, the son of David, and a, and a branch, sorry, the lineage of David, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, talking about Jesus Christ, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the reverence of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. That's the kind of spirit that God's Spirit is. The Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and reverence of the Lord. So this was this was the, the this was the spirit that was going to rest upon the coming Messiah. Well, fortunately, that's not the only place that spirit was going to rest. Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. Verse fifteen it says, and this is Paul's prayer the end of this chapter wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him see the spirit of wisdom is one of the characteristics if I want to have good counsel good understanding wisdom in my life I have Two, two wonderful, excellent sources. One is the written word of God, which we just looked, briefly looked at. The other one is the Spirit of God. And they're both available all the time to me, to all of us. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. God wants people, His people to know. He doesn't want them to be in darkness. He wants them to understand that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. If we didn't have God's Word, we didn't have the Spirit of God, we wouldn't know these things. Uh, why do I say that? Because this was written by Paul, by the Spirit of God. God wrote this. God told Paul what to write. He wrote down by revelation. This is how we got the information. We got it from God. God is the source of all of it, like it said in Job. He's the source of all counsel. You know, and, and, and we saw in the case of David, it wasn't always that for every particular situation in life where the Word of God doesn't say anything. Should, should, should we always attack the Philistines? I don't know. Right? I don't know. It's not a situation covered by God's Word. Do we come across situations not covered by God's Word? Yes. Are we going to in the future of our lives? Yes. Um, absolutely. It's going to happen regularly in life. So, if I want to know how to receive the counsel in those situations, I should take heed to this excellent counsel, which teaches me about how to receive that counsel um, from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You know, it's verse, verse 12. 
it says, for even for even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of, that should be spiritual matters, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Now the ESV translates the verse this way. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. The context here is, you know, uh, speaking tongues, interpretation, prophecy. But, you know, but certainly, do you think it might be important and beneficial to the church for us to excel in all the manifestations? Does, does, does the counsel of God have great benefit for the church? Absolutely. If you read the book of Acts, you'll see that they, they were not able to do what they did without God telling them what to do. God showed them what to do. It wasn't just some you know, pamphlet on this is how you, you know, open up a city. It's all very different. It depended. It depended on what God told them what to do. That's how. They, that's how it worked. Um, you know, and and when it comes to the manifestations, you know, all my manifestations, it, you, you don't. You just don't get better at something by hoping and waiting. It doesn't work that way, right? It, it never works that way. How's that? How's that even? Like sometimes people say, well, if I wait two more years, I'll be better at this. I'll be better at understanding how to receive word of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits. That's not how it works. Like everybody knows that if you're going to try to do a trade or a or an athletic endeavor, that you got to put effort and time into it. And we put a lot of time and effort into things in the world that we want to do. Right? We do. We just do. And you know, I might spend eight hours a day training to be a you know marathon runner, or whatever it is. Um, or I might spend eight hours and hours a day doing something else. Whereas, and then I hope. And, and yeah, so no one just sits back and says, "Look, I'm going to sit in this chair." For the next three years of my life, and after three years, I'm going to be a marathon runner. People are stupid. That's not going to happen. Well, what would a Christian think? If I just sit here and never study my Bible, never even operate the manifestations or try in my life, then I'm going to get better at them. That's foolish. It's just about as foolish as someone thinking, I'm going to sit here and not run and be a good marathoner. It's not going to happen. So don't be surprised if the three years from now, you're just about as good as you were at something three years ago. That's just the way life works. And we understand that with, with you know, physical things. But how about the matters of the Spirit? It's exactly the same. If I want to know how to walk with Him, i got to go to the Word of God. I've got to understand God's Word. Because it's the only place. There's nowhere else. I can't go to Amazon and get a book. You know, maybe a Christian wrote it. Maybe it's possible. But I can't get, you know, like there's no guide from anything outside the source of the Word of God and how to do that. So if I want to understand that better, i got to go to God's Word. That's my choice. That's my option. Um, in John chapter 14 we're almost done see in the case of Paul uh, the case of uh, sorry David in many many cases the counsel he received directly from God was a matter of life and death and that was the case in many 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 instances and if we know that we're going to come across situations where God's word doesn't address specifically what's going on then we know that we're going to need this kind of counsel as well as the counsel that comes from God's Word that shows us how to live our life, how to walk, how to day by day do things to grow in our appreciation of what all that God has done and um, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And what Jesus did in the Gospels, again, is not a precedence for every situation like that. It can't be. Just like, the, just like David asking the question to God about, should I go or should I not go? There was no precedence set. It was different each time. Um, in John chapter 14, verse 12, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. He's telling them what was coming up in the future. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. And Judas says, well, not Iscariot, <laughs> Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, not unto the world? How is that even possible? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. That's, how, that's the way he manifests himself to us, and not to the world. Christ inside you. That's how it works. That's what Jesus Christ taught them. That's what became available on the day of Pentecost. That's how he manifests himself to you. If God gives some information, we're going to see it now, Christ in you can manifest himself to you and show you that information, the understanding you need in situations. Because here he's saying, I've been with you. I've been telling you these things. Guess what? I'm going to be in you. That's a big change, okay? That's a big difference from what Jesus Christ originally taught. Because he could only be with a few of them at a time. He could teach a multitude or whatever. He could, but now doesn't matter anywhere. Um, where we keep going, verse twenty-three. Where are we? Twenty-four. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. He goes, not telling. I didn't make this up. God told me to tell you this. Um, but the Comforter, verse twenty-five. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, which the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you, or it shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. That's pretty powerful. Instead of having him there teaching them, Spirit would teach us, bring us into the all truth, teach us all things that we needed. So there's the access. That access, because Jesus Christ died to bring that access to us, and God had you know, waited how many centuries to make that available from the time of David. And yet even in those times, they could get information, couldn't they? We saw a couple examples of it. There's many examples of it. They get the information they needed. This is greater. This is greater than David and you know all those men, Samson, Jacob, Israel, all those men ever had. This is much, much greater. Otherwise, why did God do this thing if it wasn't greater? It's much greater. So our access to God is greater now than it ever has been. We should expect and be confident to receive the information we need from Him in situations. And like I said, that's, that starts by knowing these words, records, by understanding what these records say, so our confidence in those things grows in our lives. Um, okay, let's see. We're in John chapter 16. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, 
the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 13, and we know on the day of Pentecost, it was God, it says, who, he says, Jesus, it says the Lord received, Jesus received the Spirit from God and shed that forth. That's exactly what happened, like what he said there. Verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he it will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He's going to do that. The Spirit will do that. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine. There it is again. And where did he get it from? God. And shall show it unto you. That's exactly the way it works. We'll close in John chapter 8. See, we've been enabled to receive information via the Spirit of God. Even in a greater way than was possible in the Old Testament. Now we have to grow in our ability to do that. In John chapter 8, verse 28, Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself. But as My Father hath taught Me, I speak these things. Isn't that interesting? Did Jesus need God's counsel? He said, said, as he taught me, what he told me to do, that's what I have done. So if the only begotten Son of God needed the counsel of his Father, do I need to finish the rest of the sentence? If he needed it, how about us, right? And then verse 29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Because he did those things that God told him to do. And if you know, if your child does the things you tell him to do, it pleases you. If Jesus did the things his father told him to do, it pleased him. And he said, I always do those things. He's never left me. He's always with me. And uh, so, you know, knowing this is certainly just the first step. Um, we have access to God's counsel. We have the Word of God that is always available to us. It's always there. But i got to make the effort to go to it. I've got to make the effort to try and understand these records and these truths that will help me. And then we have the Spirit of the living God within us. Um, and the onus is on us. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen on its own. Neither does the study of God's Word happen on its own. Neither does growing in an appreciation for the manifestations that God has made available happen on its own. If I go to a fellowship... Am I the one that says, I want to speak, I want to interpret, I want to prophesy, I want to be the one. Please call on me, call on me, call on me. So I can grow in my understanding of it. Um, do, I, do I go to him regularly? Do I say, God, what's the situation here? What's going on? And see if I can un- receive the information I need. Is that what I do? And do I go to God's word to understand how to better do that in my life? I guarantee you, and you know, this is a promise. If I don't do anything five years from now, I'm going to say, you know what? I don't know any more than five years ago. Doesn't, it doesn't just happen. You don't grow by osmosis or you don't grow by just not doing anything. Right? Um, <clears throat> there we go. The onus is on us to grow in our ability to receive the counsel of God, how to receive it, how to get it, and then to understand it. Um, so, yeah. Excellent counsel. And we're, uh, thanks be to God that it is always available. It would be a bummer <laughs> if it wasn't, wouldn't it? But here he has given us access to the perfect counsel that we need in our lives, whether it's general or whether it's for a specific situation in our lives that we need it. Okay. God bless.